You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio. Indonesia appeal to the U.S. to do more to stop the atrocities in Gaza. This fire is a must for the sake of humanity. Once again, thank you for your invitation. President Biden, thank you. Thank you, and as we met outside as you get out of the automobile, we had a very important discussion on climate. The Not president gonna... said, I'm cold. What are the chances of a Gaza ceasefire? None. No possibility. President Biden says there is no possibility of a ceasefire. And former President Trump has made it clear that he will also serve the Zionist state of Israel. This is one issue that the entire U.S. government seems to be in agreement on. But America and its NATO vassals stand alone with Israel. Millions of people all over the world are taking to the streets in one of the most unified peaceful protests ever. Most people are seeing this as it is, an illegal occupation sliding quickly towards genocide. Which is good, because the world is now on the brink of a holy war, and the only way to stop it is a mass awakening. The U.S. is firing airstrikes in eastern Syria, where the Iraqi militia have been launching drone attacks at U.S. military bases. The Islamic resistance in Lebanon, Hezbollah, has launched several operations targeting Israeli forces, who have been bombing several towns in southern Lebanon. A Black Hawk helicopter crash killed five U.S. Special Forces off the coast of Cyprus, and the Turks are claiming it was shot down. China and Iran are now working together against Israel, and the CCP begins military drills in the South China Sea. To the majority of the world, it is clear that the Zionist state of Israel is the antagonist, As Celia Farber points out, even some of Israel's staunchest supporters are now speaking out against their war crimes. Macron calls on Israel to stop killing women and children. And Anthony Blinken says that far too many Palestinians have been killed. Humanity is more awake than ever. And we are watching as Israel kills a few dozen militants and over 10,000 civilians while calling it a war. The majority of the world is demanding an end to this slaughter, but Netanyahu says that Israel will defy the world, if needed, to defeat Hamas, an organization created by Israel. The region is being surrounded by warships as thousands of Americans march in D.C. to demand more mass murder of Palestinians. The calls for a ceasefire are outrageous. Greg Reese reporting. That is the the latest masterpiece by Greg Reese. You can find and share it, of course, at band.video. I hope that you do share those links. Glad that you're with us here today for this Wednesday edition of The War Room. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. We have a lot of videos to show you, a lot of news to cover. 
all sorts of stuff. Of course, we will get in a little bit to what's happening in Israel with the siege of Al-Shifa Hospital. You know, the Hamas headquarters. There were like four guns there, you guys. So it was totally fine to kill all of the babies in the incubators. It was probably the babies that were using the guns, if I had to guess. Probably, it was pro- that was probably it. Yeah, we're going to get into not just what's going on in Gaza, but of course the fallout as perfectly predictable. In fact, we did predict it. We, the West, America, and Europe is expected to take in the Gaza refugees. This is a just a nice suggestion from the people that are creating the refugees. So we'll cover that and so much more. Stay with us. It's The War Room. Infowars.com. Infowarsstore.com is where you go to support everything we do here at Infowars. Message after the message. Oh, Judah. I'm a pioneer. I'm an explorer. I'm a human, and I'm coming. I'm animated. I'm alive. My heart's big. It's got hot blood going through it fast. I like to fight, too. I like to eat. I like to have children. I'm here. I got a life force. This is a human. This is what we look like. This is what we act like. This is what everybody was like before us. This is what I am. I'm a throwback. I'm here. I've got the fire of human liberty. I'm setting fires everywhere, and humans are turning on everywhere. Get behind me, Satan! Down with the devil! Down with this the can't devil. be. Artu, you're playing the wrong message. Visit infowars.com forward slash show today. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the War Room infowars.com band dot video. We join the third hour of today's program by Nate Kane. We have a lot of videos to show you today, and I'm just going to try to see how many of these I can possibly squeeze in. And, of course, we'll start today off with talking about Israel, but we have the education system to talk about. We have the utter destruction of history to talk about. We have the descendants of murderers being rewarded by the state, given reparations for the fact that they're great-grandfathers murdered a bunch of white people. So that's fun. We'll talk about that. Uh, Just a lot of uh, horrible nonsense to discuss today. Before we get into what has unfolded in Gaza over the last 24 hours, you saw in the segment by Greg Reese, and of course we were watching yesterday, the massive pro-war protest that went on. There's got to be a better word for that. I think at that point it's I guess, I guess it's a rally. I don't know. What did Hitler have at Nuremberg? That was a rally, right? Nuremberg rally. So, yeah. Yeah, it was a rally. It was a pro-war rally. Like a, like a pep rally before a high school football game. Get the teams jazzed up to go out there and murder each other. Fun stuff. And it was huge. It was, it was a very large showing. However, if we go to clip number four, Chris Skye breaks down how this might not have been quite the grassroots mass populist display that it seemed to be. Here's Chris Guy explaining explaining how they got such big numbers out for the pro-war rally. Let's watch. Here's another video that's going to really open your eyes 
and really piss off the Zionists. Let's see if I can remember all of this. So, we just had the largest pro-Israeli protest ever. Really? What they didn't tell you is that the Israeli campus coalition paid every single person $250 to show up to that protest. That means they spent a million dollars to bring 4,000 for every 4,000 people there. Now, where do they get the money for this? Well, the Israeli Campus Coalition gets it from a place called Hillel International. Hillel International is the largest uh, Jewish organization for universities all over the world. It gets something like 50 to 100 million dollars a year as its funding source from God knows where. Mostly our tax dollars, by the way. Because if you know, the United States gives Israel billions of dollars a year in our tax dollars. And in fact, they have to borrow that money and then give it to Israel. So imagine you taking out a loan and then giving that money that you took the loan out to to Israel. And now you have to pay back that loan, but Israel gets the money. And now Israel not only has to not pay that money, that loan back, they get to put that money in the bank and actually collect interest on the money that you just gave them. While you're paying the interest on the loan because you're a stupid American goyim. So then Israel takes those billions and billions of tax dollars that you give them and then they give them to organizations like this. And what is Hillel International? Who is Hillel? Hillel was a Babylonian. A Babylonian sage who died only 10 years after Christ and he's one of the top people in Babylon for writing the Talmud and Talmudic teachings, which we know is the root of Zionism, the root of Satanism, and Baal worship, and all the rest of it. So we have these literal satanic organizations getting billions of dollars from Americans and then filtering millions of dollars through their non-profits and then using American taxpayer dollars to pay Jewish Americans to show up to a pro-Israeli protest to try to give the impression to the world that Israel has support. Isn't that incredible? And you'll find the more you look into things, the more stuff like this you'll discover. And he explained it pretty well right there, but just to put, put a little bow on it, they'll tax you, they'll take your money at gunpoint, right, ostensibly, effectively, take your money at gunpoint, rob it from you, send it to particular special interests in this country, who then turn around and use it to bribe and pay for protests for a supposed sign of, of solidarity and popular support for more government programs to take more of your money to spend on more things that don't benefit you in the slightest. So it becomes this cycle, this reinforcing feedback loop of your tax dollars being taken, funneled to groups who then use that to demand more tax dollars taken for more of their groups who then take that to funnel more and it just goes on and on and on. And so we're paying for our own destruction. We are just the, you know, I, I've used the I've used the example before, but I really think the only image to accurately describe the American taxpayer right now are those Chinese bears where they keep them alive to harvest the bile, right? They they actually cut a hole in the bear and then cram something in so it stays open. So they're just in constant misery and suffering, but you can't let them die. 
you got to keep them alive. So they keep producing bile so you can take it and, and sell it. Like, that's us. We're just constantly being extracted from as our standard of living and way of life and general comfort is just utterly and completely destroyed. But we're kept barely alive, just alive enough so that we're useful to the people that are relentlessly harvesting our very souls. It's pretty amazing. And of course, there's plenty of stories to back up exactly what Chris said. Israel on Campus Coalition offers $250 grant for college students to attend Washington, D.C. Israel rally. Uh, Information Liberation has the same story. Pro-Israel group paid students $250 each to attend March for Israel event in D.C. Gee, what wonderful support they have. Meanwhile, this is uh, clip five here. Chuck Schumer, Mike Johnson, Hakeem Jeffries, and Joni Ernst. So leader of the Democratic Senate, leader of the Republican Congress. They can't come together for border security. They can't come together for anything that even remotely benefits the American people. But when it comes to supporting Israel's genocidal campaign of murder in Gaza, they're literally holding hands like they just won a marathon. It's insulting beyond belief. And yet it's like they're rubbing it in our face. Uh, Clip number five here. Old Chucky Schumer and Mike Johnson together holding hands in solidarity in opposition to the vast majority of the American people. Let's watch. We stand with Israel. 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 Israel. Makes you proud to be an American, doesn't it? It's one of those iconic moments, you know, where we can all come together and, and be so proud of our, I mean, you know, it's one thing if you've got people like Chuck Schumer, who has an obvious bias in favor of Israel, like he, he goes up and gives speeches to AIPAC where he's like, my name means guardian of Israel. I was give God appointed me to guard Israel. It's like, well, you're a United States senator, so maybe keep it on the down low. But it's one thing if it's like, some understated suggestion that maybe there's some dual dual loyalty at play here. But when they're literally standing in front of a crowd of people waving a foreign country's flag, chanting, we stand with the foreign country, it becomes something else entirely. It becomes something else entirely. It becomes an insult. It becomes a challenge. It's It goes from like a, a sneering look to spitting in our faces. And I, for one, am just utterly sick of it. We'll be right back. We have not had this many of our best-selling products back in stock in years because of supply chain breakdowns and all the rest of the stuff that's going on. And these are game-changing products. It's like our information's game-changing. These products are incredible. And I'm personally glad that these are now back in stock. All three of the InfoWars Platinum flagship products that have been sold out for months are now back in stock, but a very limited run because we only had a budget to get three or 4,000 bottles of each one of these. I think we got 4,000 bottles of the HGH Max Boost that people love so much. We've got about 4,000 bottles of 1776 Testosterone Boost that just came in. And we've got about 3,000 bottles of Pain MD, incredible natural pain reliever situation. All three of these are back in stock, and they're incredible, and they fund our operation at InfoWarsStore.com. 
Last year, we put this book out, The Great Reset and the War for the World. It became a number one national bestseller. Now we've put part two out, and it's even thicker and more powerful. The Great Awakening, the plan to defeat the globalists and launch the second great renaissance. This is such a powerful book. It covers all the globalist plans, the latest developments, how to stop them, and then gives an alternate plan of the society we could build together. That's why it's The Great Awakening. The Great Awakening is happening right now. You can get signed or unsigned copies of the book at InfoWarsStore.com. This is a historic book. I want to thank you all for your support. This is next level information, and it's a great way to not just support the broadcast, but inform yourself of the next level and share the book with friends and family. So whether you want one copy or multiple copies, go now to InfoWarsStore.com and get The Great Awakening. This is going to go to number one. I want to thank you for your support. It's a powerful book. Get yours now. Infowars.com forward slash show. Let me me give you a little hypothetical. A little mind game we could play here. Imagine that I got up here day after day and talked about my anti-abortion stance. Talked about how I thought it was a vile practice. I was killing an entire generation of children. I did everything I could. Volunteering for pro-life networks and just taking a stand, going to events where I'm staunchly against abortion. But then I go to a Planned Parenthood fundraiser in a black neighborhood. And I talk about how actually abortion is a very necessary thing and it needs to be expanded exclusively for black people. You'd probably look at me a little bit a little bit cockeyed, wouldn't you? You'd probably sit there and go, he's not actually against abortion. He just is a vile racist. <laughs> he just hates black people. Because, <laughs> you know, you can understand if I'm up here going, abortion's terrible. We're killing millions of people. And then I'm out there, you know, cutting a ribbon at a Planned Parenthood, you know, in, in uh, Third Ward in Houston, going, finally, the black people of this neighborhood will no longer have such a high birth rate. We'll get that number down as low as possible. It would really make you question what I was really all about, right? Well, that's literally exactly what Chuck Schumer does. Chuck Schumer, as a Democrat, as like the prototypical Democrat, is staunchly pro-abortion here in America. Gives speeches, passionate appeals, passes legislation to expand abortion, But he also is a member of and has attended in Israel events put on by EFRAT, E-F-R-A-T, an anti-abortion operation in Israel, explicitly to keep the Israeli birth rates up. It's just these are the people that run our country. You think I could get away with something like that? You think people would just go, well, he's... He's got different beliefs for different groups of people. I guess that's just how he is. Like, you have to understand, Chuck Schumer, it's not just that he goes up in front of of AIPAC and says that he's the guardian of Israel and that's the purpose of his life as a U.S. senator. It's that he's actively pushing legislation and policies 
that are hugely damaging to America that he knows are hugely damaging because he opposes those very same policies in his home state of Israel. You want to talk about dual loyalty. Chuck Schumer should be at the top of that list. And it's infuriating. And I guess it's, it's, you know, war makes strange bedfellows. Anybody who's been busy telling me I'm on the side of Black Lives Matter because I'm against the wholesale murder and indiscriminate bombing of Palestinian civilians. Well, you're on the side of Chuck Schumer. So how's that feel? How do we feel about that? And, and weirdly, I apparently am now on the side of the president of Turkey, Recep Erdogan. He gave a speech in Turkey. Very, well, intense words from Erdogan, president of Turkey. Let's go now to clip number nine. Erdogan tells Israel their time is up. And I'll read along the subtitles for our radio listeners. Let's go to clip number nine. He says, hey, Israel, you have an atomic bomb, a nuclear bomb, and you are making threats with this. We know this. And your end is near. You can have as many nuclear bombs as you want. You can have whatever you want, but you're on your way out. Oh, pretty, uh, pretty intense stuff. And of course, that is sort of the primary, you know, once you understand that, once you understand the Samson option, it makes a lot of sense why the stories we covered yesterday about Israel saying, we're going to do it even if we have to go alone. Because they understand, and all the people in power understand, that they have and are willing to use atomic bombs against all of their neighbors, Iran, Lebanon, Palestine, maybe Egypt, and also America, by the way. One of the little aspects of Samson option that people don't draw a lot of attention to, it's not just about bombing their immediate neighbors or Damascus to fulfill some sort of apocalyptic disaster. Uh, They're also aimed at European capitals like Paris, Israel's atomic bombs. So they essentially have a gun to the rest of our heads. But I'm afraid I agree with Erdogan there, despite the fact that I've been a pretty out spoken critic of him the last couple years. Not even saying that I agree with the desire, like I don't want him to be right. He's just right. They have lost the plot. They have gone way too far. People are not just going to forget about this. And they are having one hell of a time dealing with the weakest, lowest, smallest enemy on their list. I mean, Hamas is a mouse compared to Iran, compared to Hezbollah, compared to Syria. I mean, and it's been, what, a month and a half? And they're just now starting to get to the infiltration of, of Gaza. And by their way, by the way, they're taking massive casualties on all of this. So again, their only way out of this is to bring America in, which they are doing because they have blackmail a la Jeffrey Epstein on the leaders of America. And they're spending immense amounts of money trying to overwhelm the popular sentiment on social media. That is what Israel's doing is unconscionable, a crime against humanity, wholly illegal. 
in something that demands justice. Let's go now to clip number 17. Here's UN Special Rapporteur explaining that under international law, Israel does not have a right to do what it's doing. Let's watch. With your permission, I will clarify what is self-defense under international law and so that everyone can understand, well, there is not such a thing uh, that Israel could claim. So um, in common language, self-defense might be understood as the right to protect oneself. But however, Article 51 of the UN Charter that Israel has invoked uh, is, is not just the right to protect itself. It's, it's a very, it's a self-defense under international law. It's a legal term of art and means the right to wage a war, which Israel doesn't have. And this is consolidated jurisprudence of the Supreme Judicial Organ of the United Nations. Uh, um, and uh, I understand that practice, my, state practice might diverge. United States and Iraq, but the law remains the law, and this is what we should follow. So um, the right of self-defense can be invoked when uh, when a state is threatened um, uh, by another state, which is not the case. Israel has not claimed that that has been threatened by another state. Uh, it's, it's been threatened by, um, by an armed group qualify it the way you want, but it's an armed group within the occupied territory. And frankly, even saying the war between Gaza and Israel is wrong because Gaza is not a standalone entity, it's part of the occupied territory. But so, in particular, the Israel cannot claim the right of self It's an illegal war, it's a brutal occupation, it has to end. Please listen closely because this is life-changing critical information. The globalists are bombarding us with toxic chemicals hitting us in the air, the water, the food, the 5G, the poison shots, the shedding, the GMO, all of it. But God's given us compounds through nature that do incredible things in our body. And one of the most important, if not the most important, is vitamin B12. We've got the best organic vitamin B12, Ultra 12, a bestseller finally back in stock after close to a year being sold out. You take it under the tongue for better absorption, and it's 40% off right now at InfoWarsStore.com. So go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. Get your Ultra 12 and other great products and for 40% off. Some products are even more, and it keeps the show on the air. That is a 360 win. The only way you lose is not taking action. I thank you all for your support, being part of this fight. Now go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. Infowars.com forward slash show. The command center in the battle for clarity and truth. Harrison Smith invites you to the war room. All right, welcome back, folks. We do have a lot of political stuff to talk about. Trump making some awesome and based statements about what's necessary to reclaim our country. Really infuriating and terrifying the Democrats on the mere suggestion that he might do what they are actively already doing. I know it's just horrible. We'll show you some actual funny videos about that. We're also going to talk about, oh, just some just some progressive science, you know, pedophilia, zoophilia. It's all becoming acceptable now because even the, the worst possible predictions of the most fundamentalist Christians in the 90s 
fell short of the reality, and that's a horrifying thing to contemplate, and we'll do just that. But first, let's talk about the latest in Gaza. Hamas blames U.S. for giving Gaza, uh, giving Israel green light to raid Al-Shifa Hospital. This is the latest So according to Hamas, U.S. President Joe Biden is wholly responsible for the Israeli assault on Gaza's largest hospital. The accusation came in a statement on Wednesday, a day after the White House and U.S. intelligence sources corroborated Israel's claims that Hamas has buried an operational center under a hospital. Now, I don't have to explain to you why Israel is has proven themselves to be wholly, completely, utterly untrustworthy throughout this entire affair, as just about every major shocking statement from them has been immediately repealed and proven to be false, from 40 decapitated babies to rape, uh, mass rapes, to just the sheer number of civilians being killed. It turns out that the latest estimates are 80% of the civilians killed were killed by IDF, who opened indiscriminate fire on everybody at the music festival as well as airstriking places where they knew hostages were being held, killing all of the armed people as well as all of the hostages. So I don't need to explain really that, you know, everything that comes out of Gaza from Israel should be looked at a couple times before you just buy it hook, line, and sinker. But even if they were absolutely correct, even if they are 100% telling the truth, for the first time in the war, their statements are, are absolutely valid and, and confirmable. Just imagine it was in America. Just imagine it was a hospital here in America that was taken over by terrorists. How would you expect the authorities to deal with that situation? Would you expect them to bomb the entire hospital? Would you expect them to cut off the energy to the hospital? Would you expect them to, you know send in armed squads with tanks to bombard the gates of the hospital and then strip all of the adults, males over the age of 16, completely naked uh, under the justification of seeing if they had weapons hidden there. Of course not. Absolute truth here. Uh, There's absolutely no reason. There's absolutely no justification for the way that Israel themselves have acted. And that's exactly what they did. All 16, all men 16 years and above, raise your hands how Al-Shifa raid unfolded. This is from The Guardian. Three hours before dawn, witnesses and doctors inside Gaza's largest hospital reported Israeli tanks had entered the sprawling medical compound on the western edge of Gaza City. We can see them pointing the guns and tanks towards the hospital. They're inside the complex with tanks. Uh, They announced over a loudspeaker, all men 16 years and above, raise your hands, a a soldier shouted in accented Arabic, according to a journalist speaking to AFP. Exit the building towards the courtyard and surrender. About a a thousand Palestinian males, their hands above their heads, were soon led to the vast hospital courtyard, some of them stripped naked by Israeli soldiers, checking them for weapons or explosives, the journalist said. So they did it. They, They saved the day. And finally, you know, all of this madness can end, except that this is just the beginning because their stated, obvious, advertised goal is the total eradication of the Palestinian race inside Gaza. And in fact, Israeli Israeli politicians are now demanding that the West take in Palestine because that's the way this works, apparently. It really is incredible. 
Israeli military enters Gaza's Al-Shifa hospital. Uh, that's a story from Financial Times. The raid by Israeli troops in the early hours of Wednesday came after they surrounded the besieged Strip's largest hospital, which is home to patients and thousands of people who've sought shelter from Israel's bombardment of the coastal enclave. They call it a precise and targeted operation against Hamas. But And they've released lots of video of uh, like supposed weapons caches, which amounts to like maybe uh, a dozen weapons. But they have not produced anything that makes it look like at all like it's a Hamas operational command center. But the reason that they believe that Al-Shifa Hospital had a command center underneath was because, well, the Israelis built one. Yeah, the Israelis are so sure about the location of the Hamas bunker, not because they're trying to score some propaganda points or because it's been repeated, repeatedly mentioned by passing West, Western reporters, but because they built it. Back in 1983, when Israel still ruled Gaza, they built a secure underground operating room and tunnel network beneath Shifa Hospital, which is one among several reasons why Israeli security source, uh, sources are so sure that there's a main Hamas command bunker in or around the large cement basement beneath the area of Building 2 of the hospital, which reporters are obviously per, uh, prohibited from entering. So that's nice. I mean, that's the sort of forethought that Israel puts into their operations back in 1983 they're building a hospital, they put a secure underground network so that when the inevitable conflict between Gaza and Israel erupted, they would have an excuse to attack the hospital because they themselves built the room that they would uh, therefore be targeting. I want to know if you're Hamas and you know that Israel built this hospital and you know that Israel built the secure rooms, are you dumb enough to put your command center there? Are you dumb enough to use the room that Israel built when you have all of the technology you could possibly need to build your own tunnels and your own operational rooms? Would you stick with the Israeli-built ones from 1983, or would you have spent the 40 intervening years building your own command centers? And In this case, if you claim to not believe Israel, if you don't believe the boy crying wolf, uh, you are actually a Holocaust denier. That's the claim that the Israeli ambassador, former Israeli ambassador uh, David Friedman, makes and there's another there's another very funny part where he's like when was the last time you went to gaza and the guy interviewing him who's mark lamont i think is like uh 18 months ago what about you the guy's like well several years ago but that's not the point (laughs) it's like oh you didn't expect that did you you didn't expect that answer but again uh we can go through the in particular the particulars all the evidence that they claim to show they'll show pictures of elevator shafts and claim it's a tunnel or they'll show a picture of an an electrical box and claim that it's somehow proof that it's a Hamas command center. Uh, But it doesn't matter because they aren't actually targeting Hamas. They're targeting civilians. And the proof of that is that 99.5% of the deaths have been civilians. So there's that. The InfoWars Live Silver Bullet Colloidal Silver has finally returned. To celebrate this powerful product's long-awaited homecoming, we're slashing $10 off the asking price, passing the savings on to you. Silver Bullet is the answer to Alex's extensive search for a powerful colloidal silver product that utilizes high-quality processes that has applications for both preparedness and regular use. Concentrated to 30 parts per million in a pure base of deionized water, 
This survival silver is the perfect fit for you and your family's routine and emergency supply. Beloidal silver is an amazing natural product that can assist your body's many healing processes. Do a deep dive, research the possibilities of colloidal silver yourself, and don't miss out on this limited time offer of $10 off. Try InfoWars Life Silver Bullet Colloidal Silver today. Available right now at InfoWarsStore.com. Why do you think the globalists are desperately trying to censor everybody? Why are they attacking myself and Donald Trump and Elon Musk and everybody else? Because they can't get through this giant megalomaniacal power grab if we're here exposing them. But we're not just exposing their operation. In my new book, we give you the solutions to build a new, better world, an alternative to Klaus Schwab's You Will Eat the Bugs. This is The Great Awakening. The plan to defeat the globalist and launch the second great renaissance. It's a companion to my last book that was a number one worldwide bestseller. And this book is even thicker and even more powerful. Get your copy of The Great Awakening today at InfoWarsStore.com. Either signed as a fundraiser, and I thank you for the support, or unsigned. But whatever you do, take action now. We're fighting for you, but we can't keep on if you don't support us. So please, get the historic book now. Go now to InfoWarsStore.com and get The Great Awakening. The Great Awakening at InfoWarsStore. The War Room. InfoWars.com forward slash show. All right, folks, we had some uh, technical difficulties there, and we are currently in the middle of uh, sort of the InfoWars version of a Chinese fire drill. We're switching studios here mid-show, so we had a bit of technical difficulties, but the crew is scrambling behind the scenes to get everything up and running, and we'll continue the show here just as soon as we do. The crew can let me know whenever we have the videos ready. I do want to go to clip number 11 because... That is a very powerful, little, little bit longer of a video, but explaining just the full breakdown of what exactly uh, we're, uh, it's really coming down the pipe. Sorry about this, folks, but again, we are scrambling behind the scenes to get everything up and running, and we'll be uh, back in action momentarily. I know I saw people on Twitter saying that we had no audio. I was worried about that. thought maybe it was just my earpiece that had uh, collapsed. Oh, look, the cameras are up now, too. Fantastic. All right, and we're going to pretty much finish up with uh, coverage, of, coverage of Israel here. Really, I wanted to be done within the last segment, but because of the technical difficulties, I didn't get to show a video I wanted to show. But while we're here in this little, uh, this liminal mode, this in-between area, let me just give you some of the headlines for today. For one thing, very sad, we tried to prevent it, but alas... We are not the rulers of our country anymore. As feared, the FCC has authorized Biden's woke takeover of the Internet. FCC adopts rules to prevent and eliminate, quote, digital discrimination. 
The Federal Communication Commission has adopted final rules to prevent digital discrimination of access to broadband services based on income level, race, ethnicity, color, religion, or national origin. I want to make it very clear to everybody right now. There is absolutely nothing stopping anybody from getting access to broadband internet. Literally nothing. Okay, just so we're clear. Just so we we have, you know, as a foundation to work off of, the fact that everything this bill is predicated on is utter hogwash. It's like when they write articles talking about the unbearable whiteness of hiking or something, where as if there's some sort of racial discrimination that's stopping people of color from literally going outside. Like, there's nothing anybody could possibly do to stop you from going on a hike. There's just nothing. Like, it's you can just go on a hike. Nobody is stopping you. But they have to make it a racial thing. They have to make it appear as though uh, inequalities or inequities in statistics of a particular activity is somehow representative of racism that's keeping the poor non-white people away from things that white people do, but it's just, you can just go hiking. You can just get internet. I mean, it's the, it's so utterly ridiculous, but it's like all this stuff that they do. I mean, they're talking about implementing digital payment, international, you know, I don't know, networks to, you know, bring about digital payment because of global warming. It's like, this has nothing to do with global warming. It's retarded. It's all retarded. And it's pretty obvious that the reason that none of their excuses comport with what they're doing is because what they're doing is about something completely different. You see what I'm saying? Like if I, 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 I mean, I don't even need to explain. It's just happening. It's just happening. They're just doing this. They're just lying about everything in order to gain power. And they've just indoctrinated and really brainwashed people into accepting these claims of inequality or climate change or anti-Semitism or whatever it is that people are so scared of those terms. They're so scared of those ideas that they're actually willing to abandon their most deeply held fundamental beliefs, including basic human rights for white people or for anybody else. All right, we have that video. This is good. Well, let's start with this video because this, as I pointed out, you know, either yesterday or the day before, I, I went on a big rant talking about how you have to have the ultimate goal in mind and then work backwards. Like once you realize that all of this is about globalism, is about creating a one world government. And if you want to take it a step farther, a one world government whose controllers will live forever because they have or, on the, or are on the cusp of uh, obtaining immortality technology like once you realize that's what it's all pointed towards you don't have to really get in the weeds about little you know sociological topics you can see the end that they have in mind and you can prevent them from ever getting there so this woman breaks it down in a really brilliant and thorough way so let's go now to uh, this video the final goal is to eradicate humanity as we know it Once you understand the final destination, it becomes much easier to look back and identify the psychological conditioning, the biological tampering, the cultural grooming and the educational prepping that we have been subjected to for decades 
in preparation to making us accept a post-human future. It takes a lot of physical and psychological abuse to get an intelligent species like ours to agree to its own extinction. Most, if not all, that has transcended in the last 60 years was designed to get us closer to accepting such a dystopian reality. Whether you care to accept it or not, we live in a hyper-controlled matrix where our perception of reality is meticulously planned, managed, and executed in order to control and steer us in whichever direction they wish. And the direction is a post-human world. For this, they first needed to destabilize, dehumanize, and demoralize humanity through every means possible. The destruction of the nuclear family, children being indoctrinated by the state, abortion, the eradication of God and spirituality from education, life in mega cities and away from nature, toxic food, air and water, social media, replacing real human connection and interaction, engineered financial crisis and taxation, endless wars and massive migration, stress, anxiety, depression, drugs and alcohol, constant fear-mongering, moral relativism as the new religion. And I could go on and on about how humanity has been influenced and forced to move away from all the things that give us strength, security, purpose, and meaning. A weak, immoral, disconnected, ignorant, and unhealthy population is an easy target for the next stage, the creation of an entire generation of androgynous beings. Masculinity is under attack psychologically, culturally, and biologically. Women are being replaced in sports, entertainment, and politics by men pretending to be women. And children are being indoctrinated at school to think that gender is a choice. The transgender movement is not a grassroots movement. It comes from the top. It has nothing to do with people's freedom of expression, sexuality, or civil rights. It's an evil psyop to, with a clear agenda to get us closer to transhumanism by making us question the most fundamental notion of human identity, our gender. If you don't know who you are, if you already identify as a hybrid between a man and a woman, you will be easily convinced to become a hybrid between human and machine. Gender ideology is the two plus two equals five from George Orwell's 1984 dystopian novel. It's the final test to see whether we will follow the most absurd party line towards our own extinction. But two plus two equals four. And no matter how you choose to dress, call yourself, or change your physique, will not change that. The sad reality, though, is that in the gaslighting process to get us closer to a post-human future, they have mentally and physically harmed an increasing number of children and young people. And it's only getting worse. This must be stopped. An absolutely incredible speech. Uh if I can at least bring up that, that last frame, I can tell you which TikTok account posted that because I want to give credit to that lady. I don't know who she is. At Sovereign Human Beings on TikTok. 
posted that video. I found it on Twitter. I wish I could, uh, wish I knew who that lady was. Of course, I'm already married, but, uh, she's a firecracker, I'll tell you that. But no, I wish I, I wish I could give her credit and get her on the show. My goodness, she understands it better than, uh, 99% of people. We'll be back on the other side. The crew continues to scramble behind the scenes like a bunch of mad Oompa Loompas just trying to get us on board here. Please listen closely because this is life-changing critical information. The globalists are bombarding us with toxic chemicals hitting us in the air, the water, the food, the 5G, the poison shots, the shedding, the GMO, all of it. But God's given us compounds through nature that do incredible things in our body. And one of the most important, if not the most important, is vitamin B12. We've got the best organic vitamin B12, Ultra 12, a bestseller, finally back in stock after close to a year being sold out. You take it under the tongue for better absorption, and it's 40% off right now at InfoWarsStore.com. So go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. Get your Ultra 12 and other great products. And for 40% off, some products are even more, and it keeps the show on the air. That is a 360 win. The only way you lose is not taking action. I thank you all for your support, being part of this fight. Now go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. I'm sick of this stuff. We have to talk about it because the American people think the reason for inflation is government spending more money. Simply not true. According to the latest monthly poll conducted by the Global Strategy Group and North Star Opinion Research, some 61% of respondents said they disapproved of Biden's handling of the economy, while only 36% approved. 80% of fiat money printed in U.S. history was printed under the O'Biden administration. 80% of the currency issued since our founding happened the last three years. That's a path towards Zimbabwe or Weimar Republic. Add to that looming catastrophe the emergence of BRICS swallowing up half of the world's GDP by 2040. Well, maybe the U.S. will tighten its belt and continue to innovate with American exceptionalism. Not so fast. The idea that... um That is where the O'Biden treason works its magic, shilling for the new world order. The affirmative task we have now is uh, is to actually um, uh, create uh, uh, a new world order. According to Biden's executive order on ensuring responsible development of digital assets signed over a year ago, quote, Biden's administration places the highest urgency on research and development efforts into the potential design and deployment options of a United States central bank digital currency. Meanwhile, the flurry of activity towards global digital neo-feudalism has been working overtime. On November 8th of this year, the United Nations, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and partners of the Rockefeller Foundation launched a campaign to put the world on the path to digital ID, digital payments, and data sharing rollouts in 50 countries under a digital public infrastructure by 2028. DPI starts with the following foundational components. 
verifiable digital identification that proves who you are, protects your rights, and opens the door to economic opportunities. Real-time payments that allow people, government, and businesses to instantaneously send and receive payments, and trusted data exchange that allows for information and data to flow securely and seamlessly. Together, these foundational components form an interconnected digital network that can spur countries to build resilient economies and drive impact across all sectors for everyone. The United Nations Development Program plans to implement digital IDs by the year 2030 globally. According to Reclaim the Net, the IDs will be mandatory for those that want to participate in society. But what does central bank digital currency look like? You see, so they never talk about that because people won't actually like the looks of it. Yeah. And the final stage is, you know, it's it's small and it's the size of a, a grain of rice. All around the world, central bank digital currencies are either in pilot scheme or um, executive order stage in the States or they're floating under the radar. Every person that I come in contact with in the public, I ask them, do you know what a CBDC is or a central bank digital currency? And nobody knows. Such a system would give the state full access to the details of all transactions, as well as the ability to cut off an individual's money supply with the flick of a digital switch. The key difference in, with the CBDC is that central bank will have absolute control on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that uh, expression of central bank liability. And also we will have the technology to enforce that. If you're not allowed to go more than five kilometers from your home, your car or your money won't work more than five kilometers from your home. And that those rules can be dictated and controlled at a phenomenally central level. In times of crisis, the role of governments is more important and more relevant than ever. This is their god-awful, horrible plan. Based on climate, pseudoscience, and unrelenting, detached, elitist hubris, fueled by eugenics and Luciferian lunacy, a plan that will lead to a national divorce in the United States, untold global starvation, massive uprisings, and ultimately, after great tribulation, the end of the decrepit elite slave master architects and their inheritance. All right, welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back up and running. Please do go to InfoWarsStore.com. After all, it ain't just me up here. There is a whole host of crew members working behind the scenes like rabid badgers just plugging things in and switching things and turning things on and off. I don't even understand what they're doing half the time, and I'd be helpless without them. And, of course, all of us would like to sincerely thank everybody for going to InfoWarsStore.com and keeping us on the air, in the fight, and, well, frankly, employed. Go to InfoWarsStore.com right now to keep this incredible operation running. An operation that, when I started a mere seven years ago, had one measly studio. Okay, it was a pretty nice studio. It was the studio we just left. But since then, two new state-of-the-art, top-of-the-line studios have been built. We've continued our domination of the alternative media, and indeed media overall, and have reset the very language people use to discuss world issues. We really can't underestimate 
what an impact InfoWars has had. Even if it's not tangible, even if it's not something you can directly point to, it's just a year ago, I went to a TPOSA event in January. I didn't hear a lot of people talking about taxes or, I don't know, just whatever Republicans used to talk about. It was all about anti-globalism. It was all about nationalism. It was all about fighting against the anti-human agenda that is so obvious now. When I started seven years ago, nobody was talking like that. Trump a little bit. Trump got a few of the talking points in, right? Globalism or nationalism, not globalism, will be our credo. He dropped things like that in speeches. But that in itself was an effect of Alex Jones paving the way for a populist figure like Donald Trump. So the impact we've had has been world-shaking, and we will continue to have that impact as we continue to drive relentlessly towards the truth and towards preventing these utter unrepentant psychopaths from trying to take control of every aspect of our existence, which all starts with the control of information. And that's what this FCC decision is all about. And I'm glad we played that last video in the first five, that video by John Bound talking about CBDCs, because they're all tied in together, whether it's the CBDCs or the DPI, which is a digital public infrastructure that's required for the CBDCs to operate, or the control of the actual physical broadband infrastructure so they can cut off anybody or any website or anything at all that they don't want to get out. I mean, they've been driving towards this forever. Today may have been a nail in the coffin, the rules that have been adopted. They won't go into effect for another 60 days, but they have been adopted in opposition or despite of outspoken opposition from FCC commissioners. So let's go quickly to... Clip number 12, here's the IMF head, Kristalina Georgieva, George I don't know, some international uh, banking demon, saying that global CBDC platforms will be mandatory for everyone because she gets to decide, because she elected herself. Let's watch. That if we are to be successful, uh, CBDCs could not be fragmented national propositions. To have transactions more efficient and fairer, we need systems that connect countries. In other words, we need interoperability. Uh, and for this reason, at the IMF, we are working uh, hard on the concept of a global CBDC platform to trade and to manage risks. And my colleague, uh, uh, Tobias Adrian, will talk more about it uh, later. So again, there's a head of the ID, uh, IMF talking about the need for a global CBDC because you can't just have a CBDC because you can't just have, you know, countries implementing their own. That's that's crazy. That's crazy talk. No, it has to be one centralized payment uh, payment platform where they control your finances from the transaction level from a centralized uh, place and they can cut you off for whatever. And we've seen all of the videos and and you just saw some there in that uh, first five minutes of you know, bankers who are pretty honest about this. They're like, yeah, we'll be able to stop you from buying anything. We'll be able to surveil and therefore approve of everything that you do with money. And there will be no existence of money outside of our system. You know, kind of like the mark of the beast, kind of like the antichrist into the world mark of the beast control system, kind of like that, I guess. Now, part of this is the FCC rule change that has just gone into place from Kyle Becker. I believe he's quoting the FCC here. 
The rules focus on a very real problem of outcome. Okay, so all this is predicated on discrimination amongst broadband internet providers. Now I'll tell you, probably the most popular up-and-coming internet broadband provider is Google. And no matter what I try to do, I cannot escape Google ads that are, for lack of a better term, extremely diverse. I'm sitting there watching, you know, 1940s Superman cartoons with my son, and suddenly there's some grotesque, demon-looking abomination of a human being going, I'm a drag queen and a hypnotist, and I love Google Fiber. Literally. Have y'all seen this? A drag queen hypnotist, black person, is who they're trying to sell Google Fiber to you with. So the idea that these companies are in any way discriminatory against any protected minority group is laughably absurd, totally non-existent. I mean, other than like the physical infrastructure, which they have to prioritize because you can't roll it out to everybody all at once. So you prioritize neighborhoods that, you know, can afford it. That's, I guess, the excuse they're using to bring about what is in effect a total top down control apparatus over the Internet infrastructure itself. Okay, so they say the new rules establish a framework to facilitate equal access to broadband Internet services by preventing digital discrimination of access. Has anybody ever uh, had trouble buying a cell phone? Has anybody ever had trouble? I mean, you don't need the physical infrastructure of fiber on the ground to get access to the Internet through a phone. It's all wireless. So where would the discrimination even take place? I mean, this makes no sense whatsoever. It's, it's like saying that people are discriminated against breathing air. It's like nobody can stop you from breathing. What are you talking about? Just you go buy the phone. You go sign up for the broadband and you get it. Yeah, this is the commercial that always pops up. I'm, yeah, drag queen and hypnotist, Kiki. You know, I didn't like Google Fiber before, but then I saw Kiki, the drag queen hypnotist, w was motioning at me seductively, and so now I have Google Fiber. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> disgusting. It's all disgusting. The rules focus on the very real problem of outcome, such as when decisions untainted by discriminatory intent nevertheless cause different communities to receive different access to broadband services. And doesn't that quote really encapsulate it all? They're going for equality of outcome, and if the outcome is unequal in any way, they will assume and impose the assumption of discrimination, and they'll actually punish the people who are responsible for it. They say, even when decisions are untainted by discriminatory intent, but nevertheless cause different communities to receive different access. So they don't have to prove that you're discriminating. They just have to prove that, I don't know, black people sign up to Google Fiber at a lower rate than white people. And they assume, they say, therefore, that is discrimination. And the American government will come in and fix the problem as if it's even a problem, which obviously it's not. Now, we covered this last week when a red alert was put out by one of the FCC commissioners themselves. FCC commissioner calls Biden equity plan for Internet control sweeping unprecedented and unlawful. Brendan Carr, federal communications commissioner, said, quote, President Biden's plans hand the administrative state effective control of all Internet services and infrastructure in the country. Never before in the roughly 40 year history of the public Internet has the FCC or any federal agency, for that matter, claimed this degree of control over it. 
Indeed, President Biden's plan calls for the FCC to apply a far-reaching set of government controls that the agency has not applied to any technology in the modern era, including Title II common carriers. He's on to say, for the first time ever, those rules would give the federal government a roving mandate to micromanage nearly every aspect of how the Internet functions, from how Internet service providers allocate capital to where they build, to the services that consumers can purchase, from the profits of ISPs can realize, how they market and advertise services, to the discounts and promotions that consumers can receive. Talk about central planning. So that passed today. That passed today in, opposi- in, in opposition to the... Uh, statements there finally after close to a year in early november where i'm cutting this ad we finally got one of our flagship products back in stock ultra 12 the highest quality vitamin b12 organic you take it out of the tongue so you get better absorption of the body through your blood vessels and what it does to every system in your body is simply incredible it's the natural clean energy focus immune system everything and it's 40 percent off exclusively at infowarsstore.com this has been rated as the best b12 in the country it's available from a top lab that we private label it through at infowarsstore.com Ultra 12, vitamin B12, taken sublingually, now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com, or you can call toll-free and order it as well, 888-253-3139, and Ultra 12 funds the InfoWar as well. The satanic New World Order is betting against humanity. They're betting on our weakness. They believe they can destabilize civilization bring us down into the ashes of history but the trap they've laid for us will be their destruction not ours if we trust in god and if we are valiant and have courage to speak the truth and not comply and engage in civil disobedience and not join the masses who have decided that they are the scum of the earth who have decided that they will join with this soulless corporate system as for Infowars. We're going to steadfastly continue to fight in the information war with our weapon, the truth, against the enemies of humanity. We put our faith, we put our trust, we put our destiny in the hands of God. Because it's been said a trillion times, if God be with us, who can be against us? The War Room. Infowars.com forward slash show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Obviously, you know, we just described it there. Not only the way that control of the Internet, control of the banking systems are being implemented from central power sources in order to, well, get absolute and total veto power over your ability to exist, right? Can't buy food. If the bank doesn't like your opinion, and that's the world we're headed towards, and how all of it is predicated on the laughable excuse of inequality, of discrimination, or global warming, or whatever. I mean, whatever they have to say to get you to agree, they'll say it. They don't care. It has nothing to do with that. And it's just, you know, it's just the classical criminal lie. It's like in Clockwork Orange. When they go to abuse and assault 
the writer and his wife, they don't go knocking the door and say, hey, we're here to abuse your wife because then the door wouldn't get open. They say, oh, we had a car crash. We need help. Please. Can you help it? There's no car. There's no crash. They were fine, right? It's just the lie they need to use to get in. And if it, if they have to appeal for sympathy, then they'll say it's a car crash. If they have to appeal for something else, you know, they'll say diversity. They'll say global warming. It doesn't matter because the point is they want to get inside to assault you. And that's the ultimate goal, but they can't say that. So their ultimate goal is globalism. It is a central, centralized, unelected global government who exerts absolute, total control over every aspect of your existence by having veto power over your ability to purchase anything. And that's what it's all about. But there's another aspect to this constant influx of, of claims of discrimination, of looking at disparate outcomes, claiming that because the outcomes are different, that's therefore discrimination, and therefore we're allowed to basically do anything to prevent this outcome. Because we've seen the way that ha that has led to not just a massive increase in crime rates across the entire nation with Black Lives Matter essentially predicated entirely on this phenomenon, right? Got higher crime rates in the black community. So you have higher arrests in the black community. So they look at the disparate outcomes of arrest numbers and they say, wow, black people are being arrested more. They must be discriminated against. I guess we better get rid of cops. That's what they do, literally. And I guess we better not, I guess we better not have cash bail anymore. And so, you know, tens of thousands of people have paid for this illusion with their lives and they don't care and they're going to keep doing it. And of course, nothing actually gets better. <laughs> they don't actually fix the disparate outcomes. The outcomes are the disparate outcomes are still there. It's just everything's worse for everybody now. And this happens over and 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 over again. So one of the ways that we've seen this manifest is in the education system and the fact that non-white and non-Asian Races of people typically, on average, statistically have a worse outcome for behavior in schools. Uh, they've decided that any attempt to impose any order or any behavior whatsoever is racist and is not to be allowed. And of course, the people paying for this are not just the students themselves who are not receiving good education anymore, but the society as a whole, as entire School districts are allowing children to graduate with diplomas despite not being able to read or do math, like in places like Baltimore. But uh, mostly and primarily and most depressingly, the teachers who have to deal with this and who are expected to go in and do their jobs when they're unsupported by the administration, unsupported by the government, unsupported by law enforcement, unsupported by the media, and not even supported by the parents of the students who should have their children's best interests in mind, but instead are looking for whatever excuse they have to act aggrieved and claim discrimination and get attention to themselves. Let's go now to clip number two. Here's a teacher with 25 years of experience explaining what teaching is like now at the Washington Technolo Technology Magnet School in liberal St. Paul, Minnesota. And I want to remind you, a magnet school means that you have to actually test and, you know, get access to this school. At least that's the way it works in Texas. A magnet school isn't open for everybody. You have to, like, qualify for it. So this isn't the lowest of the low, you know, some out-of-the-way school and some terrible... This is a magnet school, which means it should be, at least theoretically, held to a higher standard than your average public school. But here's what it's like teaching there. Clip number two. 
He details his own disturbing experiences in a letter sent to staff in September with a subject line of Stop the Madness. Fridays and breaks can never come soon enough for me this year. I've always been able to make it to MEA without needing time off to recover, but not this year. This year, I feel like I've been run over by a train every day I leave. This week, I politely asked a student that wasn't supposed to be in my room to go to her class. This was four minutes after the bell had rung. Her response, quit talking to me. Get out of my space. I was three to four feet away. I then calmly repeated that she needed to leave, and she responded with, shut the f*** up, you hole." When these kids are in the classroom doing whatever they want, swearing at teachers, threatening teachers, nobody's learning. Riggeman has worked at the school for the last five years, but he says it's never been this bad, as some teachers are forced into daily confrontations, whether students are in class or not. First of all, there are 8 to 15 kids that are in the halls all day. This happened last year. Certain kids never went to class the whole year. Ringman blames policy changes years ago by the St. Paul School District that he says allow students who act out due process. You mean to tell me if a coworker of yours threatened to kick your ass that they would be allowed to work the rest of the day until the investigation process played out? And she's like, no. I said, then why are you doing that with students? Like, are you telling me that you don't trust me as a teacher, that a student actually said, I want to beat you up or I want to kick your ass? It's just yet another problem just like the border, just like, I mean, just like literally everything where the solution is not difficult. It's not impossible to determine. It's not some major sacrifice. But it's literally just punishing the kids. It's literally just having the bare minimum of discipline in schools. It's just so obvious, so easy. I mean, you see all of these things implemented. We saw it. I mean, this is why the Parkland shooting happened. Right. Is because a bunch of black and Hispanic kids were getting arrested for being criminals. And so they passed a law that said we're not going to arrest or charge minors in this you know, school district anymore. And so activity that the Parkland shooter was exhibiting that would have previously been noticed and been, you know, confronted with some sort of legal outbreak. Went totally ignored until it got so bad that he shot everybody up. So it's not a mystery as to how this came about. It came about because of the programs that are being implemented by leftists, liberals, progressives who see the disparate outcomes as evidence of discrimination, try to fight that discrimination and in turn just remove any discipline whatsoever. And on top of that, it is obviously the responsibility of the parents who refuse to take any interest whatsoever in the life of their kids, don't actually care if their kids do well in school or not which is sort of a mindset that I can't even begin to grapple with because it's so just despicable on its face. And again, if you have, if you have family members that are teachers or anything, I mean, this, this type of activity starts in elementary school. It starts in elementary school where you have kids that are acting up and the parents come in and yell at the teachers and take the kids' side and tell the kids, you're being discriminated and you're being... You know, they just don't like you because you're black and you you keep doing whatever you want to do. And they're they're being taught to uh, behave this way because the society is rewarding them for behaving this way. Why wouldn't they? Please listen closely, because this is life changing, critical information. The globalists are bombarding us with toxic chemicals hitting us in the air, the water, the food, the 5G, the poison shots, the shedding, the GMO, all of it. 
But God's given us compounds through nature that do incredible things in our body. And one of the most important, if not the most important, is vitamin B12. We've got the best organic vitamin B12, Ultra 12, a bestseller, finally back in stock after close to a year being sold out. You take it under the tongue for better absorption, and it's 40% off right now at InfoWarsStore.com. So go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. Get your Ultra 12 and other great products. And for 40% off, some products are even more, and it keeps the show on the air. That is a 360 win. The only way you lose is not taking action. I thank you all for your support, being part of this fight. Now go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. Infowars.com forward slash show. Peeling back the layers of the day's events to reveal the core truth. War Room with Harrison Smith. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk a little bit more about the education system, shall we? Because we just showed video of one teacher and talking about his particular experience over the last couple years as he's seen the obvious and in many ways designed collapse of discipline itself and he's clearly far from the only one and like I said if you have you know family members that are school teachers it doesn't matter if they're in high school or preschool or elementary school if it's a high level you know elite school or the lowest of the public schools, it is ubiquitous because it's this mind cancer that has infected America that completely deprives individuals of sovereignty and says that they're not responsible for their behavior. It's society's fault that they're behaving the way that they are. So it's unfair to punish the individual for something that society made him into. And that's the mindset that they're in. And it's a suicidally stupid mindset. That is both demeaning to the person it supposedly serves, right? The criminal that's told, oh, you, you aren't actually a human, though. You know, it's like it's not fair to, like, punish a dog for eating food on the ground. That's just what they do. It's in their nature. You're just like a criminal, and that's just your nature. And for us to try to impose our rules on you is unfair, I guess. Which, to me, it's like you're a human being. You should be held to the same level as every other human being. And if you're not held to the same level as every other human being, then you're not really a human being. You shouldn't qualify for being treated in any way like a normal human being, right? If you're not responsible and and conscious enough to be able to control your own actions and choose whether to commit a crime or not, you should probably be like in a mental ward somewhere or just like, I don't know tied up in chains like you're not responsible enough to be able to make decisions so i guess we have to make decisions for you but somehow we tell people they're not allowed to make decisions and then allow them to make decisions and then not hold them to account for the outcome of the decisions that they make as conscious adults it's despicable and here is again how this is being carried out and manifested in our education system This was posted on Reddit on our teachers by a throwaway account. Confession, teaching at a Title I school with a progressive administration has made me less liberal. Oh my God, a liberal with the ability to change? Tell the newswires. And it's making me sad how callous I've become. And this is why I want to talk about this one in particular, because you got to get over this, folks. You got to get over the, 
this idea that has been inculcated in your mind by people who despise you, that somehow you're a bad person for just wanting to be safe or to do your job or to not be a victim of some rabid criminal. You are not a bad person for wanting law and order. You might be a weak moron for, you know, falling for their lies, but the lie is that you're a bad person. Stop falling for it. She says, at the beginning of my career, I swallowed all the social justice, restorative discipline, no grade below 50, build relationship stuff, hook, line, and sinker. Now, in year 10, I feel like a bitter shell of myself who no longer believes in any of this. Well, good, because it's all lies. I'm a bitter shell of myself. No, it's just you believed a utopian vision of nonsense. You're not a shell of your former self. Your former self was a gullible, dumb idiot, and you're above that now. The main driver of this, uh, the main drivers of this one horrendous student behavior directly proportionate to bad parenting that admins excuse as it's just trauma. We can't discipline for that. While students run into zero consequences until they get arrested at age 17 for felonies, because it's the same thing that happens over and over. Number two, continued lowering of the bar of rigor until it's basically in the toilet, all in the name of equity. While kids who are trying to go to college can't find rigorous courses to take and the few that do exist, everyone is allowed in because equity, so tons of kids just F around. Three, prioritizing the needs of three to four disruptive students over the needs of the other 30 trying to learn until even those 30 give up. And see that, number three in particular is like, this is how you should be thinking of it. These people want to be endlessly empathetic and sympathetic and feeling and loving towards the three to four selfish little scumbags that are ruining it for everybody else. Why don't you prioritize everybody else that's not screwing everything up, that's not being a disruptive little piece of crap, and you don't have to feel bad about it because you're actually helping the majority of the good kids. And yeah, you have to be a little bit mean to the kids that are just viciously mean to everybody else. Sorry, you have to do that, and then everything's fine. But this is it. It's like they are willing to let 30 well-behaved kids suffer and be failed and have their whole future screwed up because they can't bring themselves to actually just have a modicum of standards for three to four kids that just refuse to behave. It's not that you're callous for understanding what the correct priority is here. It just means you're a thinking person. Number four, this one is tricky, but browbeating some teachers into accepting unprofessional, uncollegial behavior from other teachers because the admin is afraid of being called racist. Yes, folks, the, the invention of identity politics has been the most destructive force ever in American politics or American life. I mean, forget politics. This is like a random teacher who will be abused and belittled. And even if they try to maintain some level of discipline, some other teacher will come in and accuse them of being racist and they're so scared of being called racist and the admin's so scared of being called racist because they know that the NAACP and the ACLU and everybody will come down on there. I mean, they'll have literally million-dollar organizations with thousands of activists on the payroll descend on their program and destroy their job or ruin their reputation or destroy their lives because we have allowed this cancer to fester in our country to such an extent that every normal person is perfectly aware of the rules that are set 
by these despicable private scumbags. Number five, seeing long-term effects of lowering expectations, quote, grace, and accepting the bare minimum from students and families and the culture that fosters of entitlement, customer service, rather than a true relationship between parents and teachers. Six, being held hostage emotionally by kids who say that's racist anytime they're asked to do anything other than sit on TikTok and admin is forced to take it seriously because they're scared not to. Cowardly, fearful, liberal, stupid people is really just like that's that's the cancer. You want to identify a cancer that America has. Our, the liberalism has metastasized and it's like uh, sugar feeds cancer, fear and cowardice feeds this cancer of liberalism that is destroying piece by piece all of the organs of the body politic. She says, she continues, it's truly unreal to experience all of this and then to hear white SJWs scream how about, uh, how about, about how unfair the world is for kids of color and it's all the fault of whiteness. I'm sorry, but what? I get blank on by kids all day and it's my fault? I hate what this has done to me. I feel like I'm a Fox News a-hole. <laughs> Like I'm, a, I'm like a Fox News person now. Like you ever, do you ever start to think about what you're even saying? Like how you're even playing into this exact psyop by saying things like that? That maybe the people on Fox News aren't just callous, miserable, you know, bad, evil people that just hate minorities. That maybe the things that we talk about on Infowars or that they sometimes touch their toes in uh, on Fox News is because we actually want the best outcome for everybody, that we actually care about having a country with a functional education system and that we see the things, the poisons, the cancers that are tearing it apart and we want to oppose it for the sake of everybody, not motivated by some senseless desire to do evil like but she's still in that mindset he she whoever this teacher is is still stuck in this liberal paradigm mindset that by noticing reality and that by actually confronting the to them uncomfortable truth about what's going on they're somehow fox news a-holes they it's like they can't bring themselves to be like oh those people aren't a-holes they're right oh those people aren't just racist hateful idiots I've experienced what they're talking about, and I realize they write the entire time. No, you still think they're a-holes because you're still stuck in the mindset because you're still part of the cancerous problem. Finally, after close to a year, in early November, where I'm cutting this ad, we finally got one of our flagship products back in stock, Ultra 12, the highest quality vitamin B12 organic, you take it out of the tongue so you get better absorption of the body through your blood vessels. And what it does to every system in your body is simply incredible. It's the natural, clean, energy, focus, immune system, everything. And it's 40% off exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. This has been rated as the best B12 in the country. It's available from a top lab that we private label it through at InfoWarsStore.com. Ultra 12, vitamin B12, taken sublingually, now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com, or you can call toll-free in order as well, 888-253-3139, and Ultra 12 funds the InfoWar as well. In the early 1900s, certain companies were off-gassing highly toxic fluoride gases into the atmosphere. The surrounding communities began to get sick. Laws were enacted to compel these corporations to install scrubbers 
to convert these gases into fluorosilicic acid, still highly toxic, but containable. Now these companies had a stockpile of this poison, and there was no affordable way to dispose of it. Lucky for them, one of their major stockholders was also the Secretary of the Treasury, who was responsible for the public health service at the time. And by 1950, the U.S. government began buying this toxic, untreated industrial waste product and dumping it into our drinking water. Reputable studies show that it's causing various cancers and other disease. With the Alexa Pure Pro, you can have clean drinking water and a remedy to this madness. Available now at InfoWarsStore.com. Infowars.com forward slash show. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be joined in the third hour by Nate Kane, and we'll be talking about some of the persecution against patriots that's taking place and the way that the military and FBI and law enforcement around the country is being purged of its aware, awake citizens. Yeah, Biden Biden is also in a high-stakes summit with Xi Jinping, which great. You know, you know, when you've got the president going toe-to-toe with world leaders, we can all rest easy knowing it's in the capable hands of Biden, Joe the Beached Whale Biden. That's just pathetic. And we can talk about some of that, too. But I really want to talk about this because it's one of my favorite topics, history. Now, this article has gone pretty viral, been posted around a lot. The article itself is utterly without merit, completely vapid. It says nothing, actually. Like, if you read the whole thing, it it has no conclusion. It it comes to no, you know, transcendental truth. It's just sort of – he's just sort of rambling, and it's dumb. But it – illustrates and highlights a very particular pattern of liberal thought. And that is that you take normal, obvious truths and you pathologize them. You pathologize the recognition of reality as if it is some sort of bias or some sort of thinly veiled prejudice. And the title of this article says it all. Why we're still in love with the idea that great men shape history. Why we're still in love with the idea that great men shape history. It's like writing why we're in love with the idea that the sky is blue. Nobody's in love with the idea that the sky is blue. Nobody thinks the sky is blue because they have some prejudice that makes them want to believe that. It just is. And if you look at history... History just is the story of great men doing amazing things. That's what it is. Sorry, don't know what else to tell you, but this is the point, right? This is the pathologizing of reality. Where they want to take something that you just notice as a totally unbiased, totally open-minded individual, and they want to make you think that it's some sort of problem with you that you've noticed this. So they can change your mind because they don't want you thinking that great men can change history. They want you thinking that you're powerless and helpless and that it doesn't matter who's in charge or who's taking risks, that everybody is just a dislocated, atomized, thoughtless 
you know, fish caught up in the undertow, caught up in the currents that are just washing you one way or another without anybody's input. That's not the truth, though. The truth is that great individuals of history determine the course of humanity, often for centuries after they're gone. That's just reality. Again, part of this is because most of the great men in history are white men. That's a problem to them, and they, they don't want people, you know, thinking that, uh, you know, just knowing that. They, they want to disguise that fact. They want to act like it's some sort of aberration that, that has no rhyme or reason behind it. And also, it's mostly men, although not entirely. Go look at what Catherine de' Medici did to France. She was a Medici married to the king of France and changed France forever. The reason why there's such a thing as French cuisine is because she brought a bunch of Italian recipes and made them popular. She was a great woman that changed the course of humanity. Queen Elizabeth, Catherine the Great in Russia. So it's not about men or women. It's about great people. And most of the time it's men. And that's a problem for people who themselves have a preconceived bias, who themselves have a prejudice not based on reality, but based on a fantasy that they want to warp and shape reality to fit into, despite the fact that they're shoving a a round peg in a square hole. Let's read some of the just vapid nonsense that this article tries to pass off as intellect. He says, Napoleon became an exemplar of the great man theory a concept much in vogue during the 19th century, which saw history as largely shaped by powerful individuals. Yeah, well, it, it is. It is. So, you know, it was also in vogue to think that the sky is blue or the water's wet. Does that mean it's wrong? No. It's in vogue because it's correct, actually. And that's the way it works. In the early 20th century, however, well, Sigmund Freud came along to tell us that actually the reason why we tend to look to powerful personalities that alter the course of history single-handedly like Julius Caesar or Augustus or any of the emperors really. I mean, and it's not always a good thing, right? Actually, a lot of times it's a bad thing. A great quote that's, you know, the great men of history are very rarely good men. Genghis Khan was a great man of history. Genghis Khan changed the rotation of the earth. He killed so many people. He lowered the temperature of the earth. He murdered so many people. He changed the DNA of like a quarter of the planet. He bedded so many women. Not a good thing, but in a historical context, a great thing, right? Alexander the Great. You have any idea the the course of history? And and sometimes, you know, with Alexander the Great, it was like a once in a lifetime, once in a millennia, once ever sort of thing where he took this small Greek city-state, essentially, of Macedonia and conquered all of the Middle East, all the way to India, made Greek the lingua franca that facilitated trade that just, I mean, it's impossible to describe the number of cities that are massively important world global centers of, of trade and influence now that he founded. They're called Alexandria because he was the one that created it. Or... You can have singular instances where somebody does one thing that changes the course of the whole of the whole world. Givrello Precept and the assassination of Franz Ferdinand, for example. 
or bad things like Caligula spending the entire savings of the Roman government on a two-day party so he could uh, ride his horse across a bay to fulfill a, a prophecy. And so what's the point of all of this? The point of all of this is that there's a concerted effort right now to disabuse people of the idea, the factual idea, that great men shape history. Because they don't want you aspiring to that great greatness. And they don't want you to think that you can have any effect by supporting great men and helping them to achieve their greatness. Because obviously Napoleon didn't do everything by himself. He had legions around him that looked to him as a commander and a leader. But Sigmund Freud uh, wants to pathologize this. In the early 20th century, Sigmund Freud went further in turning Carlyle's idea on its head by identifying the widespread human need to seek out a strong man as savior. For Freud, the great man was an expression of a mass longing for a father figure. It's just, no. <laughs> what are you talking about? They make this argument as if this, it's like, well, what? that's what Freud said. It's like, well, I guess Freud's dumb then. I guess that sort of is a mark against Freud because that's a stupid thing to say. It's a stupid way to pathologize just noticing reality and seeing it for what it is. Today, we may dislike the great man theory of history because it belittles a whole range of other factors. It also carries the insulting implication that women cannot be great leaders despite them being much less susceptible to the narcissistic narratives so favored by male directors, uh, dictators. See, they hate men. They hate powerful men. These are weak, pathetic, simpering men that are uncomfortable with the idea of men who are powerful and influential and have a will to change the world forever. That makes them very uncomfortable. So they want to impose their discomfort, their weakness and sadness and cowardice on the rest of us who are just recognizing reality for what it is. Oh, the narcissism from most male dictators. It's like, okay, uh, great. Yeah, women. Yeah, women a lot less narcissistic than men. That's for sure. Women care a lot less about their, you know, reputations than men do. I mean, this is all utter, complete, ridiculous nonsense. In addition, the great man theory is probably more applicable to previous centuries than in recent times. This is partly because in a globalized world, national sovereignty has been reduced both both economically and and politically. And see, to these people, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. They don't want individuals who can chart a course of history. They don't want powerful people standing up to the hidden forces that are directing the course of the globe. They want you to think that you're powerless and hopeless and afloat in the barely understandable undercurrents of history, that everything's just happening randomly and nobody can determine where it goes. So just don't vote for Trump. That's evil. Don't vote for Trump. He's not a great man. That's evil and bad. And you can see where a lot of this pathology comes from. Oh, by the way, uh, Netflix has selected Denzel Washington to play Hannibal in a new film about Rome because it's not really about hating great men. It's wanting to recast great men. So the great men in history are no longer recognizable as European and white. We'll be right back. Sleepless nights seem to be a lot more common these days with everything that's going on both at home and the world at large. If you are having trouble getting to that deep sleep we could all use more of, our new sleep support formula, Down and Out, is just the thing. It's our new faster absorbing liquid formula that is specifically designed to help you get the shut eye you deserve. 
formulated to improve upon our best-selling product, Knockout, with Down and Out. Now the herbs and melatonin packed inside are extracted directly into the glycerin solution. So the ingredients are already dissolved into the formula before you even take it. One of the other sleep support herbs included is the passion flower, which was traditionally used by Native Americans like the Cherokees, who used it for its relaxing qualities. Be sure to take this product when you are completely ready for sleep, because you will be down and out. Selling out now at InfoWarsStore.com. 